It is so good to hear some good news. Thank you. It is so good to hear some good news. And you know what? It is so good to see you in the house today. So good to see you in the house. You could have stayed away. You could have self-isolated today, but you came out to church, and that's awesome. But my, what a week that we've had this week. You've got all your own personal stuff going on to deal with. You've got highs and lows and all kinds of balls in the air. And then you check in that, you know, we've got to deal with, as Christians, the abortion law reform that has had its second reading this week. How do we deal with this? What do we do about it? All this thinking, and it stirs up emotions and frustrations. And, and then coronavirus. Coronavirus seems to have just revved up the ante this week. We've gone from, I think we were four to, I know we're now six, unless another one's been added this morning. And I don't know what your... Um, communication receiving that you're receiving looks like, but certainly mine has gone from a little bit of coronavirus in my communication feeds to like every second email is talking about coronavirus and, you know, apologizing for the, the, the drop in my KiwiSaver, it's going to be okay, and don't worry about the economy, it's going to bounce back, and all this stuff that, that we're going to deal with this week, for me, and I think our nation and our globe has been a very heavy week. There have been wins. There have been great moments, but it's been a heavy week. And as Christians, we are facing a lot currently, and we don't know what tomorrow holds. So this series, Salt and Light, was mapped out last year. Mapped out last year. We felt God was in it, but it wasn't like a booming voice from heaven. And yet the timing of this series is ridiculous. Just as coronavirus has upped its ante, just as we're dealing with all this abortion stuff going on, salt and light, we are called to have influence in the world. The series was God set for this time, for such a time that we needed to hear it as a nation and a globe. But I'm human, right? We all know that. If you know me, you know that I'm a very real person who has my own issues and my own flaws. Friday night, I went through something that I don't often go through, and it was, I went from kind of walking around doing life like, oh, yeah, coronavirus is out there. Oh, yeah, I don't, don't like the abortion stuff. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah. But just keeping on. And Friday, something shifted. I'd had a day off. I'd had time to think and process and look at a few of the emails and communications and posts that had come my way. And it was like all of a sudden the penny dropped that, whoa, this is, this is unheard of. What we're going through today is, is next level. It's, it is intense. It is changing lives. It is a global pandemic. Oh, and I felt, I just had like a moment, and the moment lasted the whole evening. Like, oh, my gosh, we've got a mortgage to pay. Oh, my gosh, what about kids schooling? What about if my kids get this? What about if we get this? How are we going to self-isolate? Just this thought process starts coming in my head of just question after question after question, and all very much rooted in fear. I mean, I felt sick to my stomach. I went to bed, and I was like, I know what to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to thank him for the good things. know what to do, but gosh, it just weighed heavy. Now, I mean, questions popped in my head, like currently there are six cases of coronavirus. Will, will it stop there? Or won't it? Currently, we have seen no deaths in New Zealand from coronavirus. Please, Jesus, may that remain the case. Please let it remain 
the case. Currently, nobody in my direct circle has been influenced. Currently, the Waikato is free of coronavirus. That's beautiful. Should I, okay, massive question here. Should I go out and buy copious amounts of toilet paper? What about hand sanitizer? Jen thinks I need to. Joel went to a warehouse yesterday and the shelves were empty of toilet paper. <laughs> Do I need to go out and stockpile enough food to last us when we have to self-isolate if we have to self-isolate? Like, the things I'm thinking today, it's completely different to the things I thought pre-Friday night when the penny dropped. It's massive. It's huge. So the virus has now gone global. It's, it's a pandemic. It's crazy how in a few months it has gone from one place to all over the world. That's enormous. But I believe that there's another contagion that's going around the planet right now that is being fed en masse, and that is fear. You don't have to have a virus to have fear. I don't have the virus. The virus isn't in the Waikato. Currently, we're good. I tell you what, fear. Fear is trying to prevail. Fear is coming in <laughs> on mass assault. It's a contagion that is spreading like wildfire around this world. And you know, the crazy thing for me when I reflect on Friday and, and the questions that plagued my mind is that I have those questions, but I also have hope. I also know, just like you, if you have Jesus, I know that he is sovereign. I know that my life is his, that my life is in his hands. No virus is going to take it unless he allows that. So I know that, but I have people in my world that I meet on a daily basis who do not know that. They have the same questions as I ask myself on that Friday night, but they don't have an answer. All they have is that fear of what tomorrow might bring. Oh, We have a, a massive, major point of difference to the world out there. Remind us again, we have a God who loves us. We have a God who has good plans for us. And while right now circumstance and situation in our world are saying all kinds of things, we know that we don't need to be afraid. We know that we can stand firm and hold on to faith in every season. That is our point of difference. We have Jesus. Thanks, Pastor Steve. It's great to have you in service. You're amazing. Fear is trying to take captive our world. Coronavirus is bad. Fear is debilitating. It's, it's actually spreading faster than the virus is. So, Father, right now, before I speak, I acknowledge you. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you do love us. I thank you that you have a wonderful plan for your people. And Lord, I pray that something is caught today, something that mobilizes us in our calling today. God, I give you glory and honor, and I pray that you would speak to every person in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. So the key scripture for this series, which is called Salt and Light, is Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So to give you the context of this verse, this is Jesus talking. He's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to those that follow him, that are there to learn from him. And he's just talked on the Beatitudes where he says, blessed are they. And I'm going to speak to that a little bit later on. 
I just encourage you, he was speaking to his disciples. We are his disciples. This verse has relevance to us today. It's not just for them, it's for now. And actually, I believe that the time is now that we as a church need to be mobilized today because the world out there don't have the answers we have. They don't have the hope that we have in this season. They're facing turmoil, just like we are. They need answers. The world needs, oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm, I, I love this. The fact that we are called to be the salt of the earth tells me something. Tells me that the world needs salt. And when, when I think, all right, the world needs salt, well, what does salt offer to the world? The first thing that salt offers is that salt draws out flavor. Salt draws out flavor. And before I speak about how we're to draw out flavor in the world around us, I want to speak about what we're not to be. See, I've heard a term used in relation to people, and it's salty. Oh, she's so salty. <laughs> oh, she's so salty. And when I think about that term, I think about people and interactions that I've had with people where their glare could, it feels like it could tear me apart. Where no matter how much I try and do the right thing or say the right thing, I have done the wrong thing. They are salty. No matter what I do, the response feels yuck. I believe as Christians, we are to live pure. We are to pursue Christ-likeness. But I also believe that our attempts at pursuing Christ-likeness, our attempts at living pure, does not give us an excuse to judge others. When we judge others as Christians, we are like that salty person, where it looks like we've sucked on a lemon and we're just sour and miserable. We are called to enhance flavor in the world. The world shouldn't want to run from us because we're so ugly and abrasive. We're called to be salt, but we're not called to be salty. And let me just tell you what Jesus says before the scripture I just shared with you in 5.13. He talks about the Beatitudes, which is a beautiful picture of how we should be as followers of Jesus. Let me read his words to you. Matthew 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I love you to get those verses into you, to just meditate on them. They are so beautiful. You know, it's, 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 we're not blessed when we get righteousness. We're blessed because we hunger and thirst after it. It's not, it's not the conditions that we live in that make us blessed. It's the state of us. In short, I'm just going to summarize what I believe we need to catch from this today, which is that being like Jesus requires us to come face to face with the fact that you and I are spiritually bankrupt. 
We are saved not by works, but because of the grace of God that is sufficient for us. We need Jesus for every day and to deal with the myriad of stuff that just flies at us. Being like Jesus, living as salt to the world should make us the most generous in love, the most gracious towards others. We should carry the presence of God everywhere we go, everywhere we go. You know, when you look at Jesus, Jesus was so the farthest thing from judging. He wasn't judging. Pastor Stu just talked about the woman that was at the well. She was a Samaritan. She was as good as scum. Nobody's going to associate with her. She had had heaps of husbands. She was immoral. And yet Jesus came to her at the well. He sought her out and he changed her world. It wasn't through judgment. He knew what she'd lived. It was through love. Was to growing the extra mile. The woman that's brought to him in adultery, those religious, nasty piece of works, they bring this woman in and they expect that Jesus is going to condemn her. And all he does is turn the mirror back on them, changes her life. The man on the side of Jesus at the cross, he's on that cross because he's done wrong. And yet when he speaks to Jesus, Jesus opens up heaven to him. Like he was not judgy. He didn't come into this world to condemn it, but to save it. That's beautiful. Our salt, us being salt, should look like love to the world around us. They don't need judgment. You know, I've got a line I use, which is that um, in the absence of the positive, a negative is assumed. Sometimes just when people hear that I'm a Christian or you're a Christian, they assume that you're going to judge them and condemn them because they're such a dirty, rotten sinner. Let's be love. Let's speak life. The world needs us to bring out flavor. The world needs us to bring out flavor. We actually need to represent a flavor that is Jesus. Wherever we go, we season that place with the love of God. We seize it with, we uh, season it with speech that lifts up, that champions, that encourages, that speaks life and hope and from a place of faith. We need to make that room, that conversation, that environment better because we are the salt of the earth and we're just entered. Not so people look at us. Not so we get glory. No, we want that to go to him. We want that to go to him. And the Beatitudes, Everything we do flows from the, the realization that we don't got it, but he's saved us. We should bring out flavor. We should carry in this season of turmoil and turbulence. We need to be carriers of the peace of God that does not require circumstance to change for peace to reign. We need to be carriers of joy. You can literally, you can literally turn around a conversation just by being intentional. It can go low and you can entertain that or you can lead and you can speak life and you can represent Jesus everywhere you go. You know, I feel, I feel like part of uh, seasoning the environments that we go into, like salt does, is about going there. It's about going there. It's going beyond the brush past people and, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Carry on. No. It's like, you know what? 
I'm facing stuff. You probably are too. How actually are you? I'm actually here to listen to you. I actually want to connect with you on a level. I know that if I had my moment on Friday, then many, many, many people are having moments of crisis right now. And they need you to go there. Love goes there. Being like Jesus goes that extra mile. You know what? We say to people all the time, and I am completely guilty of this and trying to change it, we go like, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll so pray for that. Man, I'll pray for you. It's almost like I wish you well. It's, it's, it, it, you can actually right in that moment go, hey, can I pray for you? Presence of God comes in the place. There's a moment that's created there. But it's, it takes boldness. It takes a lack of fear of what that person, I've, I've asked people before, can I pray for you? No? And it's like, oh, that felt stink. Sometimes we'll go there and we'll go get like, who do you think you are? I didn't ask for that. But we go there because love goes there. Love goes there. Actually, I'm going to take something that frames. No, Jordan and Ali said at Youth on Friday, which was awesome. They, they were talking about to all the haters I've had before, if you watch the movie about all the people I've loved before, you'll get the context. But they were talking about what to do when people are nasty and mean and when they hate on you. And they were talking about flipping it. So instead of being reactive or responsive, you love in return to hate. You know, sometimes that's bringing Jesus. That's, that's sometimes bringing the seasoning of Jesus into a situation. They hate on you, you give them love back because... Jesus calls you to. Salt is also needed for preservation. In Jesus' time, they didn't have fridges, they didn't have freezers, but they still had food, and they needed their food to stay fresh. Decay was still a thing back then. And so they, they actually salted their food, and salt stopped. The, well, it didn't stop the decay. It prevented it. It uh, delayed the decay. So us being salt in the world, what is that needing to preserve? Our world, I mean, it's an old phrase, it's going to hell in a handbasket. If you actually look at how far our culture has gone away from the things of God, sin is getting a foothold. Kids are growing up with, this, with all kinds of whacked out ideas, which I'm not even going to cover because they're too big. There is an erosion of values. There is an erosion of truth. There is an erosion. I mean, even absolutes like, is sin real? Is eternity real? All of these things are being eroded. We are here to preserve truth. We are here to hold the line, to stop that decay from just snowballing out of control. And if we're not being salt, what is there to preserve our world? We're called to be the salt, to preserve to stand not in judgment of people who sin, because that's all of us, but we're to stand and hold the high ground, speak truth. Another thing that salt does, which I love, is salt creates thirst. Us being salty Christians doesn't do that. <laughs> us being judgy and operating in condemnation over people does not create thirst. It probably makes them want to go to the pub and have a drink, actually, if I'm being really honest. <laughs> Salt in us should create thirst for Jesus. Create thirst for Jesus. You know, salt is noticeable. Salt doesn't just 
look like everybody else, look like everything else. For us to be the salt of the earth, we actually need to represent Jesus. And he doesn't look like where our world is going right now. He doesn't. You know, I, I, I believe that the power of salt is recognized when it's poured out in its application. Salt has to be put on the meat to preserve the meat. Salt has to be put into the dish or the baking or whatever it is to flavor it. It's an application. See, right here, we've got a whole lot of beautiful salt people, people that are called to be salt. And right now, we're all inside this beautiful shaker called church. If we stay here in the shaker, how much salt outworking is going on in the world? How much? None. If we stay here in the shaker or if we strengthen our flavor and, and reconnect as salt within the shaker and then we don't go and scatter, salt isn't actually, it's the effectiveness of salt is not actually realized. We've got it. There's a scattering. There's a gather. We've talked about this before. There's a need to gather, connect out, reconnect ourselves to the will of God, to his heart for the world, reconnect ourselves to each other. Uh, talking to Zoe earlier, we need to put on the spirit, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. All that stuff can happen in this gathering. But then we're also called the scatter. To be the salt of the world, we have to be actually applied. We have to be uh, active, doing something. So Matthew 5.13 is all about influence. Influence. And when I think of the word influence and, and who's an influential person, the first thing that comes to mind is the amazing speakers I listen to, like uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel and Pastor Stephen Furtick and uh, Canon J. Johns lately is just a huge influencer for me. Uh, I've got, I can rattle off a whole lot of influences that, that for me shape a whole lot of how I think and what I do. But then I also think of uh, what the world calls influencers, which now there's this rising tide of social media influencers who, I don't know, they've got X amount of 100,000 or million followers, and so advertisers know if you go to them, they're going to sell you product because these guys have amassed a following. They have a platform. See, the problem with the two things that came into my head, those big-name speakers who speak on the world stage and those social media guys who also speak on a large world stage, is that both of them are about platforms, both of them, their influences is uh, qualified or defined by the size of the platform that they stand on. And I had a moment, I dropped the mic, massive revelation moment this week where I listened to Pastor Craig Groeschel and he said this, true and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. True and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. He goes on to say, all of you have people within your sphere of influence that you come into contact with every single day. Right now, there's a narrative in the world that is feeding that contagion of fear. And you can say, oh, those influencers will sort it. Those influencers, those people that stand on the stage, those people that have a reach to a larger number of people, they'll sort, they'll sort the narrative. They'll speak truth. They'll, they'll speak about faith instead of fear and all that stuff. But Jesus was talking to his disciples, that's you and me, followers of Christ, people who are wanting to be like him, follow his example. He was speaking to you and I. 
He didn't say those people that stand on a mountaintop and thousands gather like when, when he speaks. Those people are called to be the salt of the earth. No. He didn't say if the world has put you in a position of government or authority, then you're called to be the salt of the earth. He said, you're called to be the salt of the earth. You, disciples. That's you and I. And I love what Pastor Craig said. Where It's not the platform that makes us an influencer. You and I are influencers. We have influence within our grasp. It's right there. But it starts with a person and a conversation. Happens every day. Happens every day. We are influencers. We are influencers. And you know, a couple of days ago, when I was thinking about this message, I felt like God showed me a movie set. And the movie set was humming and it was all, you know, planned and everything. Beautifully done. And there were the main characters, and then there were the off to the side, like the seconds, and the seconds were doing what seconds do. They were having a conversation, and some of them were crossing the road. But really, we know the focus was all on the leading acts. And God said to me, many, many of us view ourselves as the, as the supporting acts, as the seconds, as the ones who do kind of the fluffy stuff while the main people do their stuff. He said to me, we are supposed to be the leading role. We are supposed to be the ones who if we don't do it, God will always bring somebody else, but it's actually on us. We can't go, oh, no, I'm, I'm the southern. I don't matter. I have no significance. No, you are. I am the salt of the world. If we actually catch that, if every person in this room caught that, we would change our nation. We would change our nation. People would be drawn to Jesus. Hope could rise in spite of this horrendous circumstance. Jesus didn't say it's for the big platform. He didn't say it's for the ones appointed to a role. He said, you and me are called to be the salt of the earth now. And I believe, you know, just like what was said to Esther, what if, what if you were called for such a time as this? What if you were called for such a time as this? And I feel my, my encouragement to you, I actually want to encourage you today. You represent something that the world needs. The first thing we've got to do as influencers is salt to the world is make sure our connection to him is, is great. Because you can say you've got hope, but if you're far from God right now, or if you're reading too much of the negatives, too much of the fear-based stuff and not enough of the God stuff, you're going to find hope isn't there. See, I needed to, on my Friday night experience, I needed to spend some time in prayer, which shifted the sickness in my stomach, which shifted the worry of tomorrow and the unknown. We gotta, we gotta reconnect stronger than ever. Because, like I said, you might go there and be salt and you might be pushed back. And the thing that's gonna give you the tenacity to keep on coming, keep on salting this earth, is the fact that you know God's called you. People's responses 
people's pushbacks, that is not the reason you do it. You do it because you love them enough to go there. You do it because you know you're called to be salt. And when they push you back, you just carry on to another one. Carry on. We're called to be salt. Called to be salt. Now, one thing I haven't covered that I think needs to be covered is that there's potency in our purity. And I found a really great thing on how salt used to be. So I think it's important we, we factor in the context of when this was written. So let me tell you about salt in Jesus' day. It wasn't like the salt that we buy today where it's all packaged up with a nice label and it's whatever it is. Salt in Jesus' day was mixed with impurities. And if it was exposed to moisture for a long time, the salt could literally leach out, leaving only sand behind. It lost its salty characteristics. And when that happened, the salt became worthless. They used to throw it on the steps of a temple so that the priest wouldn't slip when it rained. They used to use it to seal off roofs. It was worthless. Had no value as salt. And the encouragement I have here is that purity is important. Purity of life, purity of thought. And I'll give you, I'll give you a key that I, I think could work really well for you, and that is this. Don't focus on what not to do. Don't focus on what to stay away from and what is sin and, and not. Don't be afraid. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on the God that you need to focus on. Seek hunger, thirst after righteousness. Hunger and thirst after Jesus. And you'll find that the attraction of the other stuff doesn't consume your thinking anymore. Focus on Him. Get your purity right. And then you can have maximum impact on the world around us. There's a scripture that we've talked about recently. And as, as I was preparing, I felt to revisit it. Because I had a moment, and I believe some of you have or will have moments when fear tries to creep in. It's Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It's the, it's, we, we, we talk about it as the bridge from worry to peace. And it's such a, such a tool to use in life. It says this, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Small, big, don't worry about it. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. See, that was my process Friday night because I believe in this strategy to overcome anxiety and worry. That was my process, right? Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You are called to be salt, but you are not alone. When worry comes, when anxiety tries to take over your thoughts, when your peace is robbed, when that contagion of fear tries to grip a hold of you, apply this to your life. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Give those things to Him that you need and thank Him for the good. And then the peace, which surpasses all understanding, is yours. And you know what? In order to uh, manifest or extend peace to a world in turmoil, you've got to have peace inside of you. So this is vital right now. It's vital. It's your path to peace right there. This is not meant to be a heavy on your church. It's meant to be an encouragement. 
you, you do have hope. You can have peace. There is a brighter day. We do not know what is coming tomorrow, but we do know that no virus is in control here. God is still sovereign. He is still on the throne. And you're, you're not like fighting this battle of like preserving the world from a decay of sin on your own. He's right there. He's right there available for you. But what I'd encourage you to do is actually what Joel talked about the other day. Before you do a thing, consult the Lord. After you do a thing, consult the Lord. Because what you'll find is when you try and be salty on your own, you might have a, you might have an okay hit right. But if you consult the Lord before you salt the earth, you might just find that there's a little bit more favor on it. Or you change tact. Encourage you before you do a thing. Before you salt the earth, speak to the Lord. Invite him into your, your word and your deed. Let's stand to our feet. I just want to have a little moment here. As I said before, when we come into the salt shaker, we reconnect to the will of God. It's like just, just for a few, few hour and a half, there's like this immersive experience where we're with people of like mind. So yeah, we're all, we're all facing this horrible set of circumstances that are outside those doors currently. But we've got hope. We've got peace. There's strength that can happen as we rub elbows together. I actually just want anybody who feels comfortable, I want everybody to do it, to raise your hands and just have a moment. Have a moment in the presence of God. We need, we need His Holy Spirit to guide us to strengthen us. I love it. The worship team's just lifting up the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. There's power in that name. Might seem daunting, the responsibility that we are the salt of the earth. He's going to give us everything we need as long as we'll lean into him. Open your mouth, he'll fill it. Ask him before you do a thing and he'll guide your steps. Lord, right now I pray for a fresh and filling. Lord, I, I saw in the spirit between services just like a cloak of, of, of heaviness put on people. Father, I pray that right now there'd be a lifting of the head, there'd be an opening of the eyes to where the contagion of fear has tried to climb aboard. There'd be an opening of the eyes to the peace that's available still. There'd be a lifting of that heavy weight. I pray that these people would go out knowing that their circumstances are not the thing that qualifies their blessing. They are blessed as followers of Christ. They are blessed because they have salvation. They are blessed because their eternity is sealed and they have a God that goes to bat for them. Lord, I pray for every person that as they go out as influencers, when the tendency comes to disqualify themselves, that Lord, you cause something to rise up within that the stakes are high, that there is urgency and every one of us need to speak and act as the salt of the earth this week, Father. Bless every person. Bless every person. Watch over health. Lord, I pray for those people that are, that are suffering with this virus. Lord, I pray that it would not get a further foothold. But actually, can you stand with me, church? Let's pray for these people. Just pray in your own words. Father, I lift up every person, God, right now that is suffering with this virus. And I declare health in Jesus' name. I rebuke this, this ugly virus off these people. And I, I just proclaim a halting. 
a halting in Jesus' name, that no more ground would be taken, that health would once again come back into this planet, Jesus. Lord, I pray for this congregation. I pray for the Waikato. Lord, that you would cover us over, that you would cause us to be protected from this virus, Lord. I pray for those in authority that you give them wisdom and discernment to know how to handle every situation. In Jesus' name, we pray blessing on on those that govern us. Amen.